getting your heart broken? I almost married someone who didn't love me. Why? He was so good looking. Oh. Maybe I couldn't bear to see that he really was a shallow, power-hungry, cheating, chattering pig son of a... Oh. Welcome to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses-to-be. I am Christy, and I'm here with my friend Brie. Hello! And today, we are talking to you about strange magic. We sure are. We... <laughs> you know, if we, if we were doing this the right way, we'd be singing to you about strange magic, because... It's 90%. There's no talk. There's it's all <laughs> songs in this in this little film. Yeah, this one. Oh boy. Is... <laughs> oh, I love already you could tell you could hear the contempt in your voice for this <laughs> this movie. <laughs> so for for a bit of background, Strange Magic is brought to us by Lucasfilms, who of course is best known for the Star Wars series. The story is inspired by A Midsummer Night's Dream and was written by George Lucas himself, who allegedly has been had been working on the project for about 15 years before production actually began. Really? F yeah. 15 years? Yeah, 15 years. So I guess at one point, production of the film was taking place alongside production of the Star Wars prequels to kind of put it into perspective. Oh, wow. George Lucas described the film as Star Wars for a female audience and oh is God. said he's said to have wanted to make a film for his three daughters. Oh, I I'm all right. I mean I can see wanting to make um make a film for your daughters. Um I cannot I cannot I Star Wars for girls is just not what you would label strange magic. No, 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 I wouldn't. No, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say so either. I'm talking like I hated it. I didn't really I, like. I feel weird about this film because, like, there's parts of it that were really kind of delightful, and then there's big chunks. I think this is the first time I've had my notes just in in all caps, going "Please end movie." And, <laughs> and, oh my god! I, I mean, so not even was like something like Cindy the Fairy Princess with how garbage that one was, and not even that one got the all caps. Please finish this. I don't think so. I'd have to recheck wow. my notes, but this wow. one definitely had a oh god, please. And wow. yet, and yet, it's really not the worst. No, no, and that's that's honestly a pretty fair assessment for this one. It's not it's just not not good but not bad. Like it's bad. It's bad, but it's not <laughs> the worst. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> not good. It not the worst, but just bad. Yeah. I think oh, my Cindy one's No, my Cindy one was fine, actually. We have verified this. I I was looking through my notes. I think Cindy was short. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. Cindy was Cindy was a brisk 45 to 50 minute film, so that definitely does make things a bit more palatable when it's Whereas a sh- yeah. This was a a, a whopping 99 minutes. Hmm. A bit more a bit more history on the film itself is development of this one was already underway when Lucasfilms was acquired by Disney in 2010 or 2012. Um, the film was released in January of 2015 under the Touchstone Pictures label and became a box office bomb, losing around 40 to 50 million dollars in total. Oof. Mm-hmm. The film currently holds a critic score rating of 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. One review called it the best Lucasfilm in 25 years. Ooh! <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> Look, it, I, 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 th- I do honestly think I would rewatch the Star Wars prequels before I'd watch this again. So, uh, yeah, it might not. I that's a, it's a little generous, I think. Yeah, granted, I, mean, I haven't seen the prequels in many years, so maybe I'm yeah. remembering them more fondly in comparison to Strange Magic than I would if I'd seen them recently. <laughs> I I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to confess, Brie, is that I actually kind of like Strange Magic. That's fair. I think <laughs> I think what got me about this one is that like the movie itself is fun. I mm-hmm. I didn't mind the like it's silly. It's very s- simple. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of it that it's it's enjoyable. I didn't. And I don't mind musicals. I don't mind musicals at all. I was so sick of the singing. (laughs) Like, a third into the film, I was just, every time they started singing again, I was like, please, God, no. (laughs) Please stop. Please Please stop. Deliver me from this evil. Like, it's not, it's not a bad film. If it, if they cut down on the songs just a little bit, this would be yeah. a watchable little little entertainment for me. But just the the sheer amount of the singing. Yeah. See, and I I enjoy musicals, especially when they are like garbagey kind of musicals. I don't know. It's just I'm just the garbage queen. I just love <laughs> I, I love I love bullshit and it's something's wrong in my brain you know it's like if i hear something is good i'm always like oh that's cool but if i hear something is bad it's just like oh really <laughs> tell me more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i i actually i remember i was on netflix one day and this film popped up in my recommendations and of course uh being the trash garbage person that i am as soon as i saw that it mentioned something about a princess i was like oh i gotta preview this for the movie nights <laughs> the christie alarm and- went off yeah yeah and so i watched it and and it was just like you said it's just it's it's bad but it's just has a weird charm to it that i ended up that this is an example of what happens when i i just fall in love with a bad film and, and basically, I, I just proceeded to watch this movie on loop for, like, maybe a week oh. and a half. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. That tracks. I, 
it was just an instant like I knew I knew right away this is going to be perfect for the movie nights and then it was just like I couldn't like not keep watching it I just I had to keep watching and watching it I remember specifically it was winter when I saw it and so I I even like walked through a snowstorm to a nearby mall on my lunch break because I wanted oh to get God. the DVD of it so bad incredible and then when I was finally done watching the film, I proceeded to listen to the soundtrack on loop for probably another oh, week Christy. and a half. And oh, Christy. Bri- oh, no. I, to this day, still listen to the soundtrack on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yep, I believe that. Yeah, it's no, not, not right. surprising. Like, yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I... Yep. <laughs> oh. oh. I, was th- I was so excited. This was one that I was so excited to show to people in the movie nights, which you are well aware of, because this is one that actually we- I-, I attempted to show to you years and years ago when you were in town. Yes. Yes, well, and we had only gotten a little bit into it, and then I think people, it it was like the second or third movie of the night, so it was like, it was just getting kind of late, and my ride was wanting to leave, and I was like, oh no, well, I guess... What a a shame, we have to stop watching Strange Magic. Oh, shucks. And then you gifted me, the next time I saw you, you gifted (laughs) me a copy of Strange Magic on DVD... You thought you could escape. And which I pulled out. Christy, mm-hmm. it was still wrapped in its plastic. Oh, when how I popped dare you. this bad boy in. How dare you! No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but your gift has not gone unwatched now. It's, no. I. It's. It's now I you may, I had to plug in my PlayStation Four so I could watch a DVD. You suffered to watch this this DVD. I was just looking through all of my cords last night, like where's the power cord? I haven't turned this console on for like seven months. Is that is that where you were messaged me? I I saw your message. It was time stabbed at like twelve a.m. <laughs> Well, it was only 11 a.m. or 11 p.m. for oh, right. me, That's but still. yeah, because because uh, we're recording a little earlier today, so I was like, okay, well, I don't want to try and be rushing, so I can like watch it before the we record tomorrow. So I'm gonna watch it tonight, and then I was like, where the hell are all my cords? Oh no! Oh, no. If I have to message Christy, like I can't watch a DVD because I don't know where my <laughs> cords are. Oh my god! I, I found I it just, and I watched it and and maybe maybe some of my feelings was it was it's been a long week at work and I was like I'm gonna sit down and watch Strange Magic at 10 p.m. Yeah, yeah if you want to know how how Bree's Friday night went, it was watching Strange Magic <laughs> at 10, 10 o'clock by herself. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, there's worse ways. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I will say I'm watching it on mute right now. Mm-hmm. Like I like I usually do. Like it's on my screen while we talk. Um and I think mute might be the best way to watch this movie. I I think oh, I no. do. 
not really not a fan of the songs, eh? I just, I don't know. Maybe it's, I don't really care for jukebox musicals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, uh, so... Because this isn't ju- just a musical, it's a jukebox musical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and jukebox musicals, for the unaware, it's basically, it's just a musical comprised of existing songs instead of original music, so... All of the songs in the movies are covers of existing songs, and there's even the background tracks or remixes of existing yeah. songs. Like stuff like uh, Heat's Barracuda and Lady Gaga's Bad Romance. If you were listening for it, you could pick it out in the background music. Oh, there's, it's it's when like an army is marching and they're just, mm-hmm. I was like, is this Lady Gaga? Yeah, Cause they're it's just, great. Because they're doing the, the, the. The yeah, I've tried. I don't want to sing on this podcast. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. But it's the ra ra la la. <laughs> while they're while they're oh doing God. the march, like that's the pace to the march. Yeah, yeah. Oh, about the weird thing about this movie being a jukebox musical, and this is a big part of why I decided I wanted to cover this one when we did is uh earlier this year my sister got married um as you might expect uh, you know it's a bit of an emotional day as my sister is walking down the aisle i realized that my sister has picked an instrumental version of can't help falling in love which is the opening song to this fucking film (laughs) and so i'm I'm standing there oh my god because of course I'm in the I'm in the wedding party, so I'm standing there and the song is played and I recognize it. Oh my god, this is this is the opening song to Strange Magic. Oh my god, and I'm like and then I'm like standing there and I'm like having like this like instantly like this like this this fit in my head where I'm just like it's the emotions of the day. I'm like oh my god, I'm so happy. My sister is so happy, but then also holy shit, this is a song from Strange Magic, and it was just like I couldn't like like my brain was just. <laughs> malfunctioning and i couldn't not you know i'm like oh. crying for my sister but i'm also just song from strange magic now think about strange magic oh, i should watch strange magic again <laughs> oh my god <laughs> absolutely the, incredible it's just i couldn't and like just the harder i tried to not think of it the worse it got and it didn't help that it wasn't the only song <gasps> that was that, that was from strange magic that appeared in strange magic oh no they actually she also had an instrumental version of the titular song strange magic it's so yeah what a day wow so many emotions yeah, I so my I will never I will never be able to explain this to my sister how the day that she got married, all I could think of was just like oh remember that shitty George Lucas movie that I became obsessed with for like a month and like I get like ah like I'm alone in this I I have no one no one can There's... possibly relate to the feelings that I felt that day. <laughs> oh. Thank you for blessing me with and all of us with this story, Christy. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So you could you could all thank my sister and her marriage for being the reason why you're getting this episode when you did. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. So right. we've we've been talking for a while now, but we haven't actually hit on the plot. 
Yes, so on that note, let us get into the the ludicrous speed version of Strange Magic. Here we go. Only fools, only fools rush in. But I can tell falling in love with you. This is a story about two kingdoms, side by side, but worlds apart. Between the border of the fairy kingdom and dark forest, magical primrose flowers grow. The primrose flowers are the key ingredients of a magical love potion. The citizens of the fairy kingdom know to stay away from the border and the primroses, lest they earn the ire of the shadowy bog king who rules the dark forest. The film begins with the introduction of Marianne, a winged fairy princess happily singing about love. It's the day of Marianne's wedding to Roland, a handsome fairy knight, and she flutters around collecting plants to make a boutonniere for her future husband. Marianne's happily ever after is rudely interrupted by the discovery that Roland is cheating on her with another fairy. (laughs) Despondent, Marianne decides to reinvent herself. Changing her clothes, her makeup, she takes up sword fighting and, most importantly, swears off love altogether. Time passes and we see that Marianne has now become a proficient swordswoman, and also seems to have elected herself protector to her younger sister, Dawn. Much to Marianne's dismay, Dawn is incredibly boy-crazy and is currently busying herself with plans about the upcoming spring ball, namely, which boy is she going to dance with? At the spring ball, the party starts off with a bang as Roland appears and begs Marianne to forgive him. Through song, of course. No matter what people say, it didn't happen that way. She was a passing flame and not a permanent thing. Oh, really? So I hang my hair. Oh, I wish that I was dead. I can hope with that. Hi, I'm done. Come on, anything. Unfortunately for Roland, Marianne isn't buying it and rebuffs him. Determined to marry Marianne and become king, Roland decides that a love potion is the answer. Armed with a fake sob story, Roland convinces Sunny, an elf friend of Dawn who has an unrequited crush on her, to sneak into the dark forest and find them some love potion, which they will then use on the sisters. Sunny sneaks off to the dark forest, armed with a stray primrose petal he found at the forest border. He heads to the castle of the Bog King, where the maker of the love potions, the Sugar Plum Fairy, is being held prisoner. In exchange for Sunny giving her her freedom, the Sugar Plum Fairy mixes him up a love potion. The potion works by dusting the one you wish to enchant and being the first thing they see when they open their eyes. The Sugar Plum Fairy gives Sunny a warning. Hey! What? Never let this imp get that potion. Loves to spread it around like goblin dung. Sunny frees the Sugar Plum Fairy, but her freedom is short-lived as the Bog King recaptures her as she and Sunny try to escape from his prison. 
While the Bog King grills the Sugar Plum Fairy for details on her near escape, Plum confesses that she made Sunny a love potion. The Bog King rallies his troops and makes plan to retrieve the potion. Sunny, meanwhile, managed to escape and returns to the elf village. That night at a party with Marianne, Dawn, and Roland in attendance, Sunny prepares to use the love potion on Dawn. Unfortunately for him, not only do the Bog King's troops arrive to crash the party, but the imp the Sugar Plum Fairy warned him about arrives and a tug-of-war occurs over the love potion. Dawn is coincidentally hit in the face with the cloud of love potion dust just as she is stuffed into a bag by the Bog King's men. The imp makes off with the bottle of love potion just as the Bog King himself makes his dramatic entrance. Return the love potion by moondown, tough girl, or you'll never see your sister again. I've been Flies off into the night with the captured Dawn in tow. Seizing the moment, Roland volunteers to lead a rescue mission to save Dawn. Marianne, refusing to sit back, flies off to save Dawn herself, but not before ordering Sunny to retrieve the love potion from the imp. Said imp begins wreaking havoc in both the fairy kingdom and dark forest by spreading love dust everywhere it sees fit. Eventually, Sunny manages to reclaim the love potion from the imp and meets up with Roland, who is leading an army into the Dark Forest. Roland takes the love potion from Sunny, claiming that it's to keep it safe. Back at his castle, the Bog King orders Dawn to be brought to him, not realizing that she was dusted with the love potion. The first thing Dawn sees when her bag is opened is the Bog King, and true to Sugar Plum's instructions, the potion takes effect and Dawn falls head over heels in love with him. So what do we have here? Sugar pie, honey bunch. What? You know that I love you. I can't help myself. <gasps> I love you. Bog King grills Sugar Plum for an antidote, but she refuses to give him any help, so the Bog King resorts to locking Dawn up in the dungeon. After hearing reports of the imp love dusting other creatures, the Bog King orders that they also be brought to him and locked up in the dungeon as well. Following the trail of love dusted creatures being taken to the Bog King's castle, Marianne smashes his way into the Bog King's court and a duel ensues. The two find themselves evenly matched, and even enjoying themselves. After wearing each other out, the Bog King shows Marianne the state of his prison, crammed full of love-dusted creatures, including Dawn. Marianne attempts to take Dawn by force, but Dawn refuses to leave the Bog King's side due to the effects of the potion. At Marianne's urging, Sugar Plum finally reveals the true antidote to the love potion by revealing the reason for her imprisonment. One day, when the Bog King was young, he fell in love. Fearing rejection, he requested a love potion from Sugar Plum. But he dusted the sweet, unsuspecting creature. Plum, I beg you. As she was gazing into the eyes of a lovesick Bog. He 
even with a love potion. I'm too hideous to love. You're not hideous. But that's not why the love potion didn't work. As it turns out, the Ball King's crush was already in love with someone else. So the one thing more powerful than the potion is real love. Seeing the Bog King confess his regret over trying to use the love potion in the first place, Marianne shares with him her own troubles with love. Between their earlier sparring match and shared commiserating over love, there is chemistry brewing between Marianne and the Bog King. They decide to go out for a flight together through the dark forest. The flight ends with it being clear that Marianne and the Bog King have begun to fall in love. Just then, Roland's army arrives at the castle, causing a fight between Marianne and the Bog King, as the Bog King assumes that Marianne was just leading him on to distract him so that Roland could invade. Roland claims he is just there to swap the love potion for Dawn, but while the exchange is happening, Roland attempts to love dust Marianne. This causes a fight to break out between him and the Bog King. Meanwhile, Roland's troops have snuck into the Bog King's dungeon and begin smashing structural supports, causing the castle to start collapsing. Roland grabs Marianne and flies off with her, leaving the Bog King to carry Dawn to safety. Marianne frees herself from Roland and tries to help the Bog King. The Bog King manages to throw Dawn to safety, but himself is caught under the collapsing castle and seemingly perishes. Outside of the destroyed castle, Sunny consoles the still-love-dusted Dawn, which causes Dawn to realize that Sunny is her true love. With the spell broken, Dawn then consoles Marianne, who is mourning the apparent death of the Bog King. Thankfully, the Bog King appears from beneath the rubble, injured but alive. Before he can reunite with Marianne, Roland appears and throws the love potion in Marianne's face. All appears lost, with Marianne under the spell of the love potion, but as it turns out, she was merely faking it, and she punches Roland off a nearby cliff. Marianne and the Bog King, at the urging of the gathered crowd, finally confess their feelings for each other. But I can't help falling in, <clears throat> falling in love with... Maybe I should take it from here. Oh. ends with their triumphant first kiss. And there's so much more happening also in this film <laughs> that we just can't even can't even touch on in the in the in the little mo- mo- summary. <laughs> Mostly songs, mostly mostly singing. Yeah. Also, also the whole subplot with the Bog King's mother. Oh, I love her. Who is present in the film constantly, being like trying to set up her son with eligible like goblin ladies and like insect ladies. Yeah. So the Bog King's mom, Griselda, is basically she she's sort of like the stereotypical elderly mom who's just like, "Come on, I need to set you up with somebody. You need to find true love." And 
I I kind of love her. She's just like this adorable little beady-eyed goblin-y looking creature and even though her son has given up on love, like she's just trying to like no, no, no. You just got to we got to find the right girl for you and make it work. It's 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 kind of wild because the there's never any threat from the Bog King. Like, you see him at first, and he's got these sort of, like, goofy little lackeys. And you're like, okay. And then, like, almost immediately, any threat that he poses is undermined by the fact that his mom just hangs around and tries to set him up with girls. And he's just like, dang it, mom! Yeah, mom, I'm trying to be cool over here, and you're making me look like a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the... He's... It's all supposed to be like, yes, he's really, he's really scary. And then immediately that is just shattered. Yeah, it just undermines him. Yeah, he's... Which makes sense, because then he becomes a romantic mm-hmm. interest for one of the princesses later. And I, I enjoy that he's just like, <laughs> he's trying so hard, but yeah. he's really just like a huge nerd. Yeah, he's just, he's basically just a big grump. Like, he just... Yeah. He doesn't like people he just wants to be left to his own devices he's dealing with these fairies and and trying to just like keep his own underlings from doing stupid stuff meanwhile his mom is hassling him to get a girlfriend and he just yeah. like wants to be left alone oh he... yeah it's 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 very silly and i do like his his character yeah he kind of has a sort of rock star swagger to him, or at least he's a- an attempted at it. It comes through mostly in the songs. Uh, yeah, like he, he gets his he gets his one big villain song, of course. Um, and it's just there's a bit there's a quote from DreamWorks' Megamind where they're talking about the difference between a villain and a supervillain. Uh, yeah, the difference, the difference being presentation. Presentation. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's like the ball king in spades. Like when when yeah. he cra- specifically when he crashes the elf party, and he's just oh in God. full rock star mode. Like they're like they take over the band so that they could give him musical accompaniment, and the lights like start going. It's to- so silly. It's great. Oh my God. <laughs> It's so dumb because in universe he's always the one complaining about other people singing, but he like stoops to the same level. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's I, like I, yeah, it's fun. The only the only real villain is definitely Roland. Who mm-hmm. my very first note is oh my absolute god I hate this Roland dude. That's the top <laughs> of my sheet. Yeah. He's just, he is terrible. Oh, he is. Like, they're, they, and, and I mean, they, they let you know right away that he's oh, a yeah. shitty dude. Um, yeah, it's like in the opening, like, five minutes or so of the song, you see, even before he gets revealed as cheating on Marianne, like, when he's talking to her about their wedding, like, that's literally happening that day. You could tell that he is just in it because he wants the power that comes yeah. with being king. Well, it's very one of the first things is he's like, "What? What are you doing? Like, f- you flying around out here? Like, you could get hurt or worse, seriously disfigured." And you're like, "Oh, oh boy, starting yeah. off strong with this guy." Hmm. Yeah, 
and he just he frequently like uh talks about wanting an army and then he tries to frame it like oh uh, i i want an army to protect you dear yeah so Ugh. he's just he is awful he's just the worst yeah what what got me also was he he cheats on her she mm-hmm. sees she catches him she goes she calls off the wedding obviously um and then like after she does her whole thing where she it's like I I am swearing off love. She has a little montage about training with with swords and stuff. They have this like other ball, and he shows up and he's like, "Take me back, Marianne! Like I, you left me at the altar and broke my heart." And mm-hmm. everyone is supporting him, <laughs> even yeah. her, even her dad. And I'm like, mm, "This it's- sucks." <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like, it reminds me of Gaston, where it's the idea of, like, a villain yeah. with good, good pub- publicity. Yeah. Um, it does to be, so, Marianne, I don't know if she tells everybody what happened to Roland, or at least she seems to tell her dad, because he comments to her, he refers to the Roland uh, cheating on her as a misunderstanding. Which yeah. Yeah, so it implies implies that Marianne at least told him what she saw, but the king assumes that she was mistaken. Um, As you said, Roland himself tries to minimize what he did, and by by trying to blame it on Marianne, that she left him at the altar. Um, Meanwhile, Dawn, so Dawn, Marianne's little sister... She she doesn't seem to know what the hell happened. She comments to Sonny at one point that something happened on the day of, of the wedding, but that she basically she just doesn't know, but it just caused Marianne to spurn all love. So it's, I don't know if like, d- did nobody in the kingdom get the memo? Is this just something that... Well, because I guess, like, she does come to Marianne right after she gets back from from catching Roland. She's like, what happened? And Marianne's like, I don't want to talk about it. The wedding's Mm -hmm. off. So is that implying that she literally never told them why she called off the wedding? Like, she she could never actually say it? Possibly, or, like, she just didn't want to talk about it and just wanted to put it behind her, I guess. But it didn't... In the whole... In, like, the, the... scene where he's trying to win her back air quotes at the at the ball mm-hmm. um she's literally singing about how he cheated on her like yeah. in front of everyone and i don't know maybe that's uh, it's, it's it's hard to tell whether or not the songs are diegetic yeah (laughs) like are people are you listening to this and it's specifically there's a song later on the duel that um between the bog king and marianne there's specifically a point where the bog king says uh it's something like what the devil don't know the gambler understands and marianne comments what does that even mean yeah it's like are they actually saying all these words yeah as their as their song like is that what they're actually saying to each other? Yeah, yeah. Or like, or like what Marianne's comments suggest is it like, are you just like, do people not know what the hell you're talking about? Like it just it felt like a lampshade hanging on. Okay, the lyrics don't actually match up with what the the seed is supposed to be about. Yeah, I... trug. 
Yeah, I I will mention because it's not it it doesn't get shown in the film, but apparently, the time between when Marianne uh, catches Roland and the wedding is broken off and the the events of the film, it's supposed to be a year has passed. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, because I was really confused regarding how much time had passed. Yeah, apparently I it, part of like the trivia for the film that I saw is that uh, it there was supposed to be a title card or something, and I guess it just didn't make its way Oops. into the rest of the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, so it just, I guess she's just gone. It, like, it kind of makes sense when you think about how much training she probably would have had to do. Um, yeah, to be, like that... Come, that sounds yeah. right. Yeah. It just, yeah, it just doesn't really, the, the the sense of time isn't really great in this film. No. Especially because there's like multiple balls and parties. Yeah, they it's have... like there's there's one ball and then there's like the next day there's the, the, the elf ball. Yeah, well they, so they have a ball and then like immediately after... The king starts talking to Marianne about a different ball, but then the next night there's an elf festival. So is that the ball that the dad was talking about, or was there another ball coming up? Just these, these fairies just like parties, I guess. I mean, fair, I, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, the the sense of time scale is very strange in this film. What What do you think about? love potions and not just this film but i guess the trope of love potions in general (sighs) yeah (laughs) that sums it up pretty good (laughs) it's just sort of like (sighs) it's just it's a weird plot device that the older you get it just like not i don't want to get super heavy with the podcast but obviously as an adult there are some serious implications that come with the idea of using a magic potion to make somebody fall in love with you against their will. Yeah, it's it's gross. It's really gross. It's the yeah. whole thing. Because, like, Sonny is meant to be, he's, like, he's in love with Dawn and he wants her to see him the same way. Um, mm-hmm. Roland is obviously using it for evil purposes, but Sonny is, like, I will I'm going to use this potion so that the girl I like likes me back. Mm-hmm. And the whole the whole thought of it is just like dude this that's this is all just gross. This is gross. Like Sunny to give him the benefit of the doubt, Sunny I think supposed to we're supposed to believe he genuinely loves Dawn. But yeah. genuine or not, it's still, it's like really creepy that he comes to the conclusion that, well, she doesn't seem to notice me, so I'll just use a love potion so that she does notice and fall in love with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It. Yeah, that's. It's just, it's icky. I don't mm-hmm. like it. And it, it doesn't help that the movie kind of flip-flops on how they handle the love potion. Um, I think for a chunk of the film, I'd say that it's done, it's treated somewhat seriously. Um, Roland, obviously, Roland and Sonny, they're both, their actions are both portrayed as wrong from the get-go. And like when, in, yeah. in, when Sonny 
is discovered to have gotten the love potion, he's rightfully reamed out for it. Um, mm-hmm. It also helps that to 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 try and like make it a little less icky. Roland is never shown to be. Roland isn't really shown to be physically interested in Marianne. Again, it's just that he he he's more interested in power than anything. And and same with same with Sunny, kind of in that he his adoration of Dawn is portrayed as like kind of like a chaste crush. So yeah, it's it's like it's portrayed as fairly innocent and sweet. Like yeah. he's just like he really does love her, but she's boy crazy and all about. All these these fancy elf dude or not elf dudes, uh, fancy fairy dudes with their cute little moth wings, and he's like, mm-hmm. "I will make her. I, I just want to make her notice me." Yeah, yeah. So it's they they do their best to try and keep it like pretty G rated and, and and as innocent as you can, um, and 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 similar like the Bog King we see, um, you know, Sunny gets reamed out for his use of the love potion. And we see the Bog King where he, the the lo- the use of the love potion is framed as something that he did when he was younger and he's shown to deeply regret using it and to ever thinking that it was a good idea. Mm-hmm. And he goes to great lengths to try and prevent anybody else from using it. He has his, his troops ordered to destroy any primrose pl- flowers they find because he doesn't want anybody to use it. So... That's all well and good, but the film also shows the love potion being played for laughs at times. Oh, yeah. Particularly with the background characters and, like, the, the characters that the imp has love-dusted. And yeah, it's, it's you're supposed to just laugh because the, the imp love-dusts people randomly, so you end up with these unconventional pairings of characters. Like, there's a fairy that ends... She's in love with a frog. Like, an actual frog that's like yeah huge compared to her because like the the fairies are tiny Mm -hmm. yeah the fairies are just like little butterfly sized yeah yeah so it's just kind of the imp by the way i love that little imp (laughs) that's like so weird the the one it's so weird looking yeah he's yeah, it's, it's kinda... so weird looking and i just like i just appreciate this like weird little imp that's just there to cause problems on purpose yeah it's just like a little like kind of like a possum and yeah a, a, a jerboa like a little jumping mouse kind of thing yeah he's just like i i today i'm going to <laughs> i'm gonna have fun and i'm gonna make it everyone's problem yeah i just want to like... start shit yeah yeah it's great and there's and there's the point too where where after they get the love dust they get the love potion back from him, and Sunny is just like ah oh, it's all right like no hard feelings and the imp is just like oh sweet and just like tags along with them and doesn't cause shit anymore for the rest of yeah. the film. It's just like all right, you guys uh, are right. cool. You Thanks. got me. Yeah. You got me. You got me. But I guess I'll I'll help you now, or I'll just I'll, right. I'll just chill with you. You guys seem cool. Yeah. <laughs> God. But um. But I guess but just to finish my thought on the love potion. So, yeah. So you they kind of play it for laughs by seeing these unconventional pairings, which that alone to point out has kind of some unfortunate implications that 
you're you're kind of you're meant to laugh because oh well isn't it so funny that these two drastically different things now love each other um yeah and then the final i think the ca- the final capper to the use of the love potion is at the end roland's fate at the end of the film is that he gets punched off a cliff by marianne <laughs> um and- <laughs> he's dead well, he, so he gets, he knocks the love potion into his own face when this happens. Oh, and that's then, true. Well, did you, did you see the mid-credit sequence, Bree? <laughs> no. Oh, no. Well, I, uh, I, I, the credits hit and I ducked out. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> oh, woo, I got out of there. Woo. Piece the what's in the, what's in the mid-credit sequence, Christy? So in the mid-credit sequence, you see Roland, and it turns out that he uh, is now madly in love with a, a bug that he that he fell in love with. Oh. <laughs> Ignore them, sweetie. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Oh, I think I got one of your antenna. Okay. So it's just that... So it's just a weird little capper to the love potion, because now... It's being used as a form of punishment. It it's a bad thing. Oh when yeah, Roland, it's a bad thing when Roland tries to use it on others. But now we're supposed to laugh and act like it's karma that he himself got love dusted and is now in love with something that he doesn't actually love. Yeah, it's it's extremely bizarre, and I yeah. I don't I don't particularly care for it. It's kind of yeah. gross. It's kind of icky. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's it's mind control basically, which is it's not great. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> mind like control. It. Mind control, but it also has again these physical implications that even when you're you're doing it very G-rated, people are kissing each other under the effects of the love potion, which is just, you know, it's still it's like, eh, this is a little weird. Yeah, not great. Mm-hmm. I I did appreciate again, like with the Bog King recognizing that his attempts to use the love potion was wrong, and specifically he empathizes with his old crush, and he he regrets, like he just he sees it from her perspective, and just talks about how it was a terrible thing to do to her. He, yeah, like he realizes like, oh, yeah, that was a fucked up thing for me to do. Yeah. Yeah, it, and it's... It would have been bad and wrong and any love would, would have been false. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's just... That's that's another point in his favor. To it's like, okay, you're a big grump, but you have learned from your mistakes and you are trying to make amends for it. Yeah. I just like him. He's just a big rock star. He's just a big grumpy rock star bug man. Uh, yeah, a, a, a bug man that's like tree bark looking. Yeah, like I genuinely I like his design. Mm-hmm. It's. I'm gonna say something. Yeah. He's got one of those designs that I feel like if this movie had been more popular, there would have been a lot of Tumblr blogs based. On oh, on yeah. him, oh yeah, probably he's that sort of long, spindly thing, L- yeah. <laughs> sort of looking Lanky, character. Yeah. 
that I feel like there would have been a lot of Tumblr blogs about him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. It's, yeah, it's hard to... <laughs> de- and, and, like, again, kind of like the rock star sort of grumpy, like, swagger. Yeah. yeah. But but secretly a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> we need to get this. We need to get this shit on Tumblr stat. No, we don't. Free. There's a need. No, I'm pretty. You know what? I didn't look. There's probably are. They're 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 probably already there. Oh, we should. But I'm I'm not brave enough to look. <laughs> That's just... <laughs> very very fair. Uh, while but... while we're kind of talking about design stuff yeah so i should mention to you brie that there is a labyrinth connection here no uh labyrinth of course (laughs) is being something the the film that i really really like uh it's like my other obsession um there exists a behind the scenes video showing some of the production of strange magic and at the very beginning of the video, you see somebody drawing some goblin-esque faces. Mm-hmm. And when I first saw this, I immediately thought, that looks like a Brian Froud drawing. Ah. Oh, so, so you seem to recognize the name. Only from you. <laughs> oh, the, you, just, you just know, I guess, from context. But so Brian, Brian Froud is the conceptual artist behind the creatures of both Labyrinth and the Dark Crystal. He's pretty well known for his fairies and his goblin designs. Um, so I, just as I was thinking, that looks like Brian Frau drawing. In the next shot, there's a pan up from the artist's hands to his face. And guess what? It's Brian Frau himself. <laughs> Shockingly, yeah. it is in fact that guy. It's He's got he's got a very distinctive mustache and, and just a look to his face. So I was just like, oh, that's him. He hasn't changed that mustache in like the... the 30 years since he was working on Labyrinth. <laughs> but when you got a stash that works for you. Yeah. You, you you stay with it like a true friend. Yeah. Exactly. Now, Brian Froud doesn't appear in the credits unless I'm completely missing it. But I, I tried to look a few times and I didn't spot it. So at first I doubted myself whether or not it was actually him. Or just a look-alike, but this. So there. So there. At one point during the promotion of the film, there was a strange magic live stream that was hosted by uh, two of the animators and one of the voice actresses, and they just shared some trivia about the film, which I think we'll probably touch on later in the episode. But one of the uh, relevant points. To bring up here is that the live stream mentioned that the released film is the third version of the movie with earlier versions having a quote much more realistic art style very close to the work of brian froud so no. my assumption is that brian froud was involved in one or more of the earlier versions of the film and i guess his participation was no longer needed once production started on the third and final version Hmm. Which I guess maybe that's why his name isn't in the credits. Um, it's weird that they would then not have him on there. Yeah, like I I don't know much about how you credit people on a film. I guess I, I don't either at this point. 
No. Yeah. So it's I might be completely wrong here. Maybe it is a lookalike, or maybe there was there is just something. <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't know. But Someone I, copying his mustache. Yeah. Well, it's just he. When you see his his drawings, there is such a distinctive look to them, and like so, like the Bog King's mom, for example, really strikes. Yeah. Me. yeah. He. She. When I first saw her, I'm like, that's one labyrinth looking character. Mm-hmm. Like. That's that is honestly my the first thing I thought. So yeah. yeah, it's just something something in her design. I feel like I've seen similar ones from Brian Froud before. Yeah. And and just to further to further point it out, George Lucas was a producer on Labyrinth. So I'm sure that he is familiar with Brian Froud and so mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident that it was him in those behind the scenes uh, videos. I yeah. Maybe now that I've gone on record as saying I couldn't find his name in the credits, maybe next time I watch it, it'll just, like, there'll be a single title card that just says Brian Froud, and I'll feel you really were... stupid for missing it. <laughs> you were too distracted by the mid credit scene. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see, whereas I, I probably should have sat through the credits. I try to whenever we watch these films, just because, like, I'm, I'm interested in, like, what studios did what and who mm-hmm. was which voice and that sort of thing. But I got yeah. to the end of this one and I was like, well, it was it was I'm getting out. close to midnight. You yeah, had just it spent, was late. Yeah. Five hours trying to find a cable to plug a CD <laughs> into your PlayStation. You're like, I got to peace out. Cause I gotta. Just, spend, I think I'm done. I gotta. I gotta go to bed so that I could wake up tomorrow and then spend like two hours talking about this fucking movie to Christy. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> pretty pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> oh. What What did you think of the whole Sunny and Dawn thing? Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's, is that <laughs> on the majority of this movie? It's uh, uh. exasperated sigh. I mean, I don't, I don't know what what kind of opinion I really got. It's it, like it comes uh, out of nowhere. At it the, comes out of nowhere at the end. Mm-hmm. She never hints that she feels that way about him before. No. There, There's nothing in her body language or her speech that indicates that she has any interest in Sunny. And it's not even that she is disinterested in him. It's just that they're friends. And she yeah. never gives any indication that she thinks of him otherwise. Yeah. It's like... You, you can just be friends, mm-hmm. but I. Sunny gets rewarded. Yeah, yeah, it it does. It just it, you you and the weird thing is too is that once Sunny love dusts, uh, Dawn, they don't interact until the very end of the film the next time that we see them interacting is when he comforts her and she decides that i guess i love you and the spell is broken yeah i i don't know 
it just it, it, comes it feels out of like nowhere. nothing and it comes out of nowhere yeah and it doesn't feel earned at all no no not in the least and i think this comes as a result of so again there was that a live stream chat about strange magic um another thing that that live stream mentioned which i i should mention myself that um all of these notes come from a tumblr user who helpfully compiled some of the more standout behind the scenes trivia about strange magic um mm -hmm. so i'll i'll link the the post on our twitter so that everybody can read the full thing um but the relevant piece at the moment is uh, they mentioned that apparently in an earlier version of the film, Dawn realizes that if she can't meet the, quote, counterpart to share her love for life, she'd rather be on her own, staying single and just remaining friends with Sunny. Um, and apparently that was something that George Lucas really wanted to have in the movie, that it was fine to be on your own. Huh. Yeah. And that would have been really nice to have in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it, like, it makes sense, like, with what, with how her character and how her and Sunny relationship was, is that, like, that seems like this was the original intention. Um, I, I, I guess, apparently, about a year before the film was released, Disney decided that they wanted Dawn and Sunny to get together in the end, so... That's, yeah, that's, that makes sense as to why it feels so just, just a, shoved in there at the end. Yeah, because it seems like it actually was. They probably, I, I don't, I assume a year before the film was released, they probably had a good chunk of it animated already. Eh? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. So, yeah, so they probably could, like, you know, if they had known from the start this, Disney would change their minds about wanting Dawn and Sunny to end up together, they probably would have done a better job of incorporating it into the film. I I feel like, yeah, because it does feel like it was very much, like, just thrown in there. Mm -hmm. And, like, one of the things that this movie really could have used is, like, it's okay to be on your own, because one of the things that it's, like, the parents of these two of like Marianne and the Bog King are both like, I just, I don't want you to be sad and alone for the rest of your life because being alone and single is terrible and you should, mm -hmm. you'll be sad. And it's like, no, you can just be on your own. You yeah. can be single. It's fine. You can be a full, happy individual <laughs> while also being single. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, I don't know. It felt a little like, uh, to me, because it, the entire movie, it's like, you're only really happy if you have a partner. Yeah, and it's, uh, that's kind of the thing, is that when you have an entire film filled with people who are talking about how you need love and they're so lonely and if only they had somebody there, it would have been really nice to have that representation of somebody going, you know what, I don't need a dedicated partner. You know, if even if you want to keep uh, keep Dawn as the boy crazy person, just to yeah, have like her Yeah, like dating be... and just having fun. 
Yeah, just having her be like, I don't need a permanent partner. I just want to do what I want. Like, that would have been really nice to see. And I think it would have, I think, made her a much more interesting character. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than like, I'm boy crazy and I'm going after all these. Secretly, I'm in love with my little elf friend who... Yeah, which... I guess I'm just... Because she's at one point using him to help her set... Like, she's like getting him to help set her up with other guys Mm -hmm. to dance with at the ball. First dance? Yeah! What's your plan? I made it so when the music starts, you'll accidentally bump into Hadrian. Oh, today is going to be so exciting. Mm, it already is. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Hadrian? Yeah, Hadrian, the guy with the great red wavy hair. No, no, no. I don't have a crush on him. I really like Nathan. Okay. Gotta find Hadrian, tell Hadrian to stand in a new place, find Nathan to stand in an old place. The idea that with all of that, oh no, she's actually secretly in love with Sonny, it's sort of like, then why is this doesn't feel, the pieces aren't fitting together in this at all, so it really should have just been like, she's gonna have fun, and she's gonna be single, and having a great time with life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like, I think what they were trying to go for in the revised version is that she doesn't realize that she's in love with Sunny until at the end, and then once she realizes it, then the spell breaks. But, as mentioned, they never have a moment of interacting with each other before the spell is broken. So there's, it really doesn't feel like there's anything to give her that revelation that, oh, actually, I love you. Yeah, he, like, gives her a hug. Yeah. And then she's like, oh wait i actually love you oh oh okay all right oh works out i guess i guess they probably could have had something where so when roland's uh when roland's bro squad starts messing up (laughs) the ball king's castle um sunny gets Sunny, with the help of the Sugar Plum Fairy, they they go in and they start freeing the love-dusted people who the Bog King had put in the dungeon for their own protection. So that could have been an opportunity that, you know, have Dawn still be in the dungeon, have Dawn, have Sunny go and rescue her, and maybe yeah. through the events of the rescue, that's when she realizes it? Like, realizes he's always been there for me or something like that. But Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that would have just been way too much to try and squeeze in if they only had a year yeah, <laughs> to reanimate yeah. things. Yeah, and it, yeah, the, the I guess the Disney the Disney changeover kind of uh, squashed at least part of the movie. Um, apparently, yeah. the the live stream also mentioned that there. I guess Disney wanted to plan a sequel or a TV spinoff starring Sonny and Dawn, so that is maybe why all of a sudden they cha- they decided that they wanted them to end up as a couple. Oh, okay. I still think it would have been better if then they had had <laughs> them end up as friends and then in their series have them end up as a couple. But that's too, that's too much foresight for. Apparently, so, yeah. But uh. 
I guess Oof. I guess Disney had all sorts of plans for merchandising, including <laughs> costumes, action figures, and the whole shebang. But the poor reception of the film obviously kind of killed that off. I Oof. I think the only thing at least I've seen is the DVD itself. I don't even know if there was any other merchandise released for yeah, this one. I don't think I ever saw anything. It like came out. And then I never heard about it again until you <laughs> brought it up to me. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's I, you know, I, I don't have cable TV, so I tend to miss <laughs> out on a lot of. Same, though. Uh, yeah, just I, I don't see like movie trailers that often. So, again, I saw this when it popped up on Netflix. I had no idea it was in theaters. <laughs> I kind of wish that I had known about it, though, because how often do you get to see a shitty princess movie in theaters? <laughs> God damn it. Truly a very I'm, infrequent occurrence. It could have, like... I'm only just realizing this, what I missed out on. God damn it. Oh, I'm sorry, Christy. <sighs> damn it. Oh, my God. One day, one day, hopefully. I, I guess on that note, I one of the fun things for me about Strange Magic in the framework of the whole Bad Princess movie thing is that, as we've noted many times on the podcast, a lot of the bad films we talk about are hampered by a low budget. Um, yeah. Strange, yeah. Strange Magic, on the other hand, had the backings of both Disney and Lucasfilms. And despite having a, a, like a sizable budget, despite having 15 years of production time, um, it's still a bad movie. And what makes <laughs> it... It's still bad! It's still bad! And what makes it a bad movie is the story. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's... <sighs> It's just, it's just it's, such a mishmash. Yeah. It feels like it went through rewrites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess, clearly it did several yeah, times. Yeah. It feels like something that has had multiple versions, rewrites, last minute executive meddling in it. Yeah. But yeah. It's just, it's. I don't know if the original version pre meddling would have been any good. Oh, but... yeah. No. I. You know, it's something that I like to think of, like alternate universe versions of movies. If I just to be able to figure out, to be able to see what a movie would have been like had what would the original, what would what would the realistic, more Brian Froud inspired Strange Magic look like? Would it had been a better seller? Would it have still failed? I yeah. It's very I, mysterious. The The art direction, not to swerve, mm -hmm. the art direction for this movie is so weird. Yeah. It is so bizarre because everything is rendered really, really well. Mm -hmm. Like all of the textures and stuff like that, the lighting, really pretty beautiful. A lot of the characters, mm, mm -hmm. don't know what they were going for, especially with the, the fairy characters. Yeah. Like, there are these sort of, like, almost 
realistic proportioned, but then not, and then exaggerated bodies. Mm-hmm. But the the fa- uh, they they're very strange. Yeah, it's it's definitely something in the face is not that they're terrible, but no, just they're that just they're... sort of uncanny valley. Yeah, just something in the proportions just feels a little off. They're definitely. There are some choice screenshots that you could get from this film where just the certain expressions just look a little weird. Yeah. Like they're, they want to push expressions and they want to push proportions, but they want to keep a realistic feel to it. And it, mm-hmm. it's, it's weird. Like yeah. The, the more exaggerated the character, the, the better they look, I think. And that's, mm-hmm. Sure, with a lot of things that are animated. I, th- I yeah. feel like this is a common thread where we get, like, a lot of the s- side characters or a lot of the characters not meant to be pretty look better. Yeah. Because like, they're well, allowed to be more wild with them. Yeah, exactly. Like, I would say all of the all of the designs, all of the creatures from the Dark Forest to the Bog King, his mum, all of his little, his little Denzians, they all look great. Like, yeah. they're all fun designs, and they push them a bit further, and, like, they look weird. And so when they pull a weird expression, like, it looks fine. In fact, it, it looks fun. Yeah. But then they really, they try to push the, the fairy characters that are meant to be pretty to match, and it doesn't quite, it doesn't quite feel like it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just something is just not meshing well there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the design things, I just have to say, that I yeah. really, really loved about the fairies, though, is that, like, uh, the, like, some of them have, like, butterfly wings, and then some of them have, like, moth wings. Like, mm-hmm. the dudes all seem to have moth wings, whereas the ladies have butterfly wings. Yeah. And, like, the, the Roland has, like, I think it's like Atlas Moth. Like they're really big and and brown and and uh, his little cronies have they're like three little Luna Moths. And I'm like, that's fun. I like I like these that sort of design. It's cute. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the wings. <laughs> yeah, I mean they did a good job with the wings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the way they're animated. They look really butterfly like. Hmm. Yeah, and they. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> I feel bad being like, yeah, the wigs are the best part. But they are just, it's fun to watch. Yeah. And and you can see there's, like, sort of a slight transparency to them, too. There's one moment in particular where when the Bog King and Marianne are going to go out on their romantic flight that she's kind of backlit by moonlight. And yeah. And you just kind of see a shot of her opening her wings. And it's just, it's very pretty. And then you see the reaction shot of the Bog King as he, he sees it. And he's, like, he's having the same thoughts. Like, oh, like that. She looks beautiful, and she does. Yeah. Yeah, it's... That's one element that I I thought was really neat. I really Mm -hmm. liked the wings on the fairies. Yeah. The moth and butterfly wings. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, and it's... Like like you said, like, it is... It's like a nicely rendered film. Like, they did a good job with... Like the overall look and feel, they they played with the lighting a bit. Again, oh where, yeah, where this one fails the most is the story and just how 
the story doesn't make sense. This, like, as yeah. you said, there's like a song a minute. Oh. <laughs> the fact that the songs. <laughs> it's just, there's so, there's so many. Yeah, it kind of, I, have you seen It doesn't Frozen let you breathe. Too? I have, but I only saw it once in theaters. Yeah. I, Frozen 2 was one that I, that it's like, I, I had that feeling too, where you're just like, oh my god, we're into another song already? Like, it just. Can we take a break? Yeah, just like, and it more was just like, oh, like, Jesus, I feel like I can't, like, I, I don't know, it just, it felt, it wasn't, like, paced right. I don't know, like, I, there was, I, I feel like song placement is something that we kind of have seen done poorly before. I'm yeah. mostly thinking of stuff like I, I mean, Golden Films Beauty and the Beast, where you get like <laughs> all of, all of the songs like in the first yeah. first like fifteen <laughs> minutes, and then that's it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just it's it's something that I feel like people don't think about that much, but just the the pacing of if a if a movie is a musical, where do the songs come in? Yeah, they should be they should be to highlight an emotional moment, I feel like, but this one was just like song, 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 song. Yeah. Yeah, like, just please calm down. Yeah, like and it and it's almost to the point that you can't no song really stands out because it's just like yeah. what you know there's one coming 5 minutes from now and there was one 5 minutes prior to this and you're still like you don't it's not enough time to really kind of sink in. Mm-hmm. And this one especially, like, because it's the sort of jukebox musical, everything is just, like, there's no, there's no memorable song to really yeah. be like, this is the song from Strange Mat, except, except for um, yeah. yeah, unless <laughs> except for the one at your sister's wedding. If you're a garbage person like me, and your exposure <laughs> to, to a lot of these songs is through shit movies like this, then... <laughs> That it works, it works out. It worked for me, <laughs> and I'm the one that kind of likes it. So I think I think we've discovered the secret, Brie. What's the secret, Christy? The secret is to be a garbage person. <laughs> <laughs> Christy, you're not a garbage person. You just have very particular tastes in films. I mean, if it. If it smells like garbage, it looks like garbage, <laughs> and if it consumes garbage, it might just be the trash pile from Fraggle Rock, but it could also be me, your host. You don't consume garbage, you consume chicken nuggets. Um, some That's would not argue, garbage. Some would argue that there's no difference. <laughs> chicken nuggets and tater tots. I wouldn't call those garbage. Tater tots are pretty delicious. We were, for context, we were talking about tater tots before we started recording, and now I just really want tots. We I had really an want those tater tots. We had an extended conversation about how it's been forever since I've had tater tots, and I made myself tater tots, and and it was the highlight of the month of September for me. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious, delicious tater tots. They, they were so good. 
I've been thinking, I, I shit you not, about 20 minutes ago, I started thinking about tater tots while we were talking. Just thinking, oh, no. oh when we when we finish just, recording, I'm making Just quietly <laughs> dreaming of those tater tots. Making plans to, to make tater tots after podcasting is done. Oh, tater tots. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well... I, I think now would be probably a good time to go over some more of the uh, notes from that live stream. Yes. So, again, as mentioned, this was a live stream chat with a few of the crew who worked on Strange Magic, two animators and Meredith Ann Bull, who voices Dawn in the film. Um, so these are just some highlights that I thought were kind of interesting. The first of which, Brie, is while we were talking about Roland's Wings a little while ago, originally they had planned it so that Roland's Wings were going to have an embarrassing pattern on them, like a smiley face, and he would always refuse to open his wings because he didn't want anybody to laugh at him. Oh. Um, and apparently that's that was the reason for why he would always... Because he was riding a squirrel, like uh, like he had a, like a squirrel like a he horse. He had a mount. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that was the reason why he was riding a squirrel instead of flying. Um, but during the final fight with the Bog King, he was going to unfurl his wings. And I guess they decided that the gag wasn't really funny enough to warrant that long of a setup. So they kind yeah. of, they kiboshed that. But interestingly, you can kind of see that Roland's wings do have a vague smiley face shape in the final film. Do they? I didn't yeah, notice. it's very it's I I only realized it on this last viewing. It's not it's very very like I I might just it might just be like that periodolia thing where oh, now yeah. that I'm looking for a smiley face I can see it, but it's just kind mm -hmm. of vaguely there. <laughs> just a secret little smile for mm -hmm. those in the know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a really weird long gag to set up. Yeah. I, and you know what? And I can't say I I didn't really notice in like because in the final film you don't really see Roland flying around. That's true. I didn't really think about it though. He does like he does unfurl his wings occasionally, but he's not flying. Like Marianne and Dawn do a lot of flying, but he just kind of again he rides his squirrel most places. Didn't even yeah. talk that it was any anything odd about it. So I think they yeah, were probably. I just thought the squirrel riding was like a cool, like he wants to be a knight, so a knight needs a steed kind of thing. Yeah, just part of his, his, uh, you know, oh, well, the the other fairies could fly, but I ride my trusty steed, uh, squirrel yeah. boy. <laughs> he The squirrel has a name. He says it at one point in the movie, what but does I, he? Oh, God. it totally does. Oh, now I'm going to have to rewatch it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> What's torture for you is fun for me. <laughs> I'm just saying, I've had this on mute this whole time, and, you know, the visuals are lovely. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, like you, like you said, it's better with the sound off. <laughs> for me, anyway. Mm -hmm. I can appreciate that this is 100% your kind of, kind of musical. My jam. Doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, yeah. to each their own. Thank you. Um, so some other trivia here. Um, so I guess apparently Brenda Chapman, who was the original director of Pixar's Brave, at one point came yeah. on to consult and co-direct for about six months. 
of <laughs> And then she was like, nah. Yeah, just peaced out. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of odd. Only six months, but I, I don't know how production works. Maybe that's not that abnormal. I would be very curious to know what parts, she, what what influence she might have had over the final film. Mm-hmm. That's... Yeah, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, George Lucas's original concept for the opening was a live-action shot of a little girl's backyard, zooming in on the fairy world, where we would start to realize that what looked like a butterfly to us were actually the fairies in the film. Um, and they eventually... Oh. Yeah. And, and I guess they uh. realized that they didn't want or need a human presence in the film at all, which, again, I think that was yeah. their choice. Yeah, good call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh god, we've hit I've hit the end of the film where they do the weird kaleidoscope thing. Oh god, yes. I hate that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Christy, I don't like this at all. That's it's the weird. best part. Oh no. My god, so, that's no like seriously, that is like the best part because if you're watching this with a group of friends at the end of the night and they're just like, <laughs> Oh my god, finally the film is ending and that kaleidoscope moment where everything just goes crazy bullshit comes on and then everybody just flips their shit because it's just like, What the fuck is this? Like what happened? Oh, oh my god. This is, I think this is where my all caps going end. And <laughs> what's happening? It. Oh my god! Please free me! Apparently, apparently, uh, according to the trivia, that kaleidoscope ending was uh, one of the directors. They wanted to channel the old Busby Berkeley films with like all the synchronized swimming and the big elaborate uh, song and dance sequences. Oh, I am unfamiliar with those. So. Mm-hmm. The the be our guest scene in Beauty and the Beast, the Disney one, that was kind oh. of also inspired by the same source. So that's kind of what they were going okay. for. Yeah. Hmm. 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 <laughs> well, it's sure a thing. Hmm. My my favorite bit of trivia here, Brie. This is mm-hmm. a, um, in so quote. In looking for a duet for the Bog King and Marianne, everyone wanted something that was both creepy and romantic. One choice was Bring Me to Life by Evanescence. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to see that version. Everything else in the film could be the same, but I just want to see the version where they start singing Bring Me to Life. Oh my god! Wake me up! Wake me up inside! <laughs> I can't wake up! I can't wake up! Save me! <laughs> Save me from strange bed! Oh my god! Oh, wow! I wish we could have seen that! Oh! I- Alternate universe! Wouldn't that have been so. That would have saved the movie! I swear I to god! I just want to step sideways into. Into the universe where everything's the same except for that. Exactly. A guaranteed blockbuster movie just for that moment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh (laughs) my god. And you know what? The thing is too is that they would have had to change the title of the movie because Strange Magic is the name of the song in the duet. So would the the movie have been called Bring Me to Life? (laughs) Ah, possibilities, Brie. 
The, what could have been? <sighs> I know. Doesn't it make you sad? I'm just. I'm... Oh, damn it! So we could have, could have oh. had gold if only. I my mind is so blown right now. I'm just. Oh God, that was that was like when when I was looking at this trivia, the the, the write up oh, yeah. from the notes on Twitter that was like that was the one thing that I read that I was like all right we have to we have to talk about this because I need an <laughs> we... excuse <laughs> just bring up this factoid everyone needs to know also apparently the imps little chattering noises were Brenda Chapman so oh there we go there's something um but oh my god I can't wake up <laughs> wake me up inside <gasps> oh god if only if only what you know the things we miss out on uh, you've blown my mind here I'm just I can't I'm trying to form new thoughts <laughs> you put the thought of the thought of the bog king and Marianne singing as, as they Evanescence, fly since it's just it's so much oh god oh, okay I just need to I'm gonna check my notes for a second okay uh, Oh my god, is this Lady Gaga? I hope Roland <laughs> dies. Um, I'm so tired of these songs. Why doesn't the Sugar Plum Fairy have legs? That was a question I asked. <laughs> she's got like a weird, like she's like a, like in, at the hips she just sort of tapers. Yeah, it's kind of like like a like snake genie and aladdin almost where there's like the meant to be like like maybe a plume of smoke i don't know sure but it's solid yeah she's... so it's like it's like a, almost a mermaid tail but there's no fins it's just a long sort of fleshy extension yeah she's very much her own unique entity versus the other fairies who are very distinctly butterflies yeah like she's she is a different kind of fairy, I guess. Yeah. The sugar like, plum she's, fairy. She's kind of cool. I kind of liked her design. Yeah. I also a- really liked the weird prison she's in. Yeah. Because the whole thing is that she's super tiny in this tiny little globe prison. Or this little, it almost looks like a net. Like a globe in a net on a stick. Mm-hmm. But when Sunny reaches in, his hand shrinks down. So it's it shows like... She's normal sized, but everything that enters the prison gets super tiny. And I was like, that's a really neat effect. Yeah. That was yeah, cool. it's a f- fun little thing. Yeah. And and I should mention she's voiced by Kristen Chenoweth, who you might uh... recognize. Yeah. Uh most most infamous, I think, for her role on Broadway as Glinda in Wicked. Yeah. Cool. There is also Alan Cumming as the Bog King, uh, Evan Rachel Wood as Marianne. Yeah, lots of lots of recognizable people in here. Yeah, like they had a, a good solid cast. It mm-hmm. again, this was this was a movie that it yeah it's there's it had... a lot of good parts in it. Like mm-hmm. like the ingredients were all like fairly high quality ingredients and then something in the mixing of them yeah yeah like quite work 
yeah, like the steps weren't followed in the right uh, order and they they used the wrong temperature, time in the yeah. oven. It just, this it just didn't, yeah. didn't quite come together. Yeah. I do, again, I I will admit that I do kind of love Strange Magic. It is a terrible film, but it's a terrible film that I get a lot of entertainment out of. I, it, I don't blame you at all. Yeah. It's, I feel like this would be one where if I could, if you could skip the songs, I would be really into it, but the songs are 80% of the movie. So mm-hmm. I, it's, I, I under, I can totally see why this would be one of, one of your yeah. <laughs> beloved uh, uh, movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This one, this one for a while was on the short list of, I kind of, I kind of keep a mental top 10 of the films that if I ever get somebody new to the whole bad princess movie night thing, what, yeah. w- what films do I show them first? And strange magic would be one of those in the top 10. Oh, absolutely. This is, this is one for a watch party. Like mm-hmm. this is like all of them are two, two degrees for watch parties obviously because of princess movie nights but something like this one is one that you could just bring people in with <laughs> yeah for sure because it's yeah. just so wild like there's it, you can't not have thoughts about this one yeah it it prompts a lot of discussion i think because it's one of those films yeah. i think it's easier to talk about a film that gets close to being good but just as you said, something happened and it just didn't <laughs> quite make it over over the hill. So it's a good film to prompt discussion about, like, what could they have done to maybe fix this? Or just just what happened, really? It, it's, it is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe, and I think to, uh, to your point... I bet if you had a group of people, it would make it easier to get through the songs. At least... <laughs> you could all just be like, oh no. Yeah, just all right. Well, let's all check our phones and elect one person to pay attention to to when the movie is, is not in song anymore. And then... <laughs> we need one, one Christy yeah. to be there to enjoy the songs and then to let everyone else know when the songs are done. Yeah. To, to yell at everybody to get off their phones when a funny part is coming up. Yeah. Which I already do, so I will... It's <laughs> <laughs> your will... job. Yeah. Everybody pay attention. <laughs> yeah, I think the last... The last page of my notes is, Oh, these little gremlins are gay. Wait, never mind. Fake oh, out. yeah. Yeah. The two little henchmen gremlins... Yeah, for the the bog king. At one point, they're like kind of flirting with each other, and it's like, "Oh wait, are you a girl? Why, yes. Couldn't you tell? Couldn't you tell?" And it's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. are we gonna get some some cute little gay gremlins?" But nope. Uh, the one thing I like about this movie is that is they're incredibly awkward flirting. It's genuinely cute between mm-hmm. Marianne and the bog king. <laughs> like they're just, especially when they're first like commiserating. It's silly, and I yeah. enjoyed it. I enjoyed their little interactions there. Yeah, they have a whole sequence where the Bog King's mom has decorated things to try and, like, all, with all these hearts and stuff to try and make them. Uh, yeah. Because she, she kind of catches on to the vibes that they're digging each other, 
But when yeah. they see this, they all they both start going, oh, love sucks. And they have fun kind of ripping up all the decorations. and Yeah, they... they're like, they're ripping them up together. I do love the giant heart that just says loaf on it <laughs> instead of love. It's just yeah. L-O-F-E, like loaf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And then, and then what was that finger up the spine thing in the final song? Oh, yes! That's oh so my God. freaking weird. That, like, that... They're singing their final song about how much they like each other, and there's like a weird shot of like her doing like a finger walk up of Marianne doing like a finger walk up the Bog King's spine, and he's like, mm-hmm. ooh. Well, and he, I'm like, this yeah. is weird! <laughs> she does a finger walk up his spine, which is like, okay, kind of getting risque, but then she takes her finger, and she does like a full like graze up and down going like between, like pretty damn between his ass cheeks. <laughs> like... <laughs> And he starts, like, like, shaking like he's really hot for it. Yeah, I'm like, this is really weird. This... Hmm. Yeah, it just... Mm. It, like, you don't... Because they're in profile, you don't really see, like, her going between the butt cheeks. But it looks pretty deep from the side. Yeah, it's it's a super, super bizarre thing that I just was like, what? What the fuck was that? It's kind of like, they just carry on. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> okay. like at the end of the film, they just said, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> if, you've, if you've made it this far. Yeah. You, yeah, just <laughs> too bad. Yeah, no, this was, like, I'm so of two minds on this film because, yeah, it, on the one hand, it was a fun watch and it was silly and there was just a lot. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, I just, the songs made me yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> But not so, in a good way. Yeah. So if there was a way to just edit this so that instead of the songs, maybe one of those old-timey title cards came up that just explained, like, the Bog King and Marianne <laughs> fell in love. Well, even, like, the scenes where they're singing are good. Mm-hmm. I just didn't enjoy the songs themselves. And yeah. I think that's I think that's a me problem. I think that's on me, genuinely. Yeah. Now, if they were all Evanescence songs, then... <laughs> Remake it with all Evanescence. Oh, we should do this! Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Fifth. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's do it. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, well, we'll let you guys know when we've got that ready for public consumption. <laughs> Oh, well, Brie, is that it for this one? I think that's it for this one. All right. Unless you've got other other notes. (laughs) Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for yet another episode. Uh, If you have any comments that you'd like to send our way, please feel free to email at badprincessmovies at gmail.com. We've also got a Twitter where we post clips about some of the movies that we talk about. Uh, you could check that out at Bad Princess MOV. And then we also have the catalog of princess movies, which is just at badprincessmovies.com. Please, please check out the clips from this one. They're sure to be great. 
Mm-hmm. Provides some good context for what we're talking about here. Yeah, some of the craziness. I'll be sure to put that animation of the weird spine walk but Ugh. finger to, <laughs> to Twitter. You're welcome, everyone. You're welcome. All right. So with that, we will see you guys or talk to you guys next time. We'll see. We won't see you. Don't worry. Yeah. No. I I understand. I just listen. No one wants to be seen right now. We're like oh, eight, eight months into quarantine. Oh yeah. I, we're I'm. Just, just... We're all just little hermits right now. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. We won't see you, but but we will talk to you. I've been wearing a house coat since March. How? It's so warm. I I get cold. I have a cold, shriveled heart, and it doesn't really warm my body much. Fair enough. (laughs) Alright, we'll talk to you guys next time. Talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye! Bye!